So it's so great to see everyone. I know that we're kind of cramped. If we could, I see like a couple empty seats scattered throughout. We could just like move over everyone and then, yeah, just move over this way. There's only a few seats. But then we can make some seats available on the ends here so like all the people in the back can come and grab a seat. That would just be great. Um, Yeah, so I'm so glad you're here tonight. There's some special guests with us. So let me see if he's left already. Pastor Nick, I think, is left. He left. Okay. So we have uh, Pastor Mike Amiot. He's back there. If you raise your hand, Mike, right here. So, so Pastor Mike is the regional Chi Alpha director. So he's over like Iowa, Minnesota, uh, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, and I think Missouri and, and Nebraska. And then, so yeah, so it's great that he's here tonight. And then we have Pastor Jonathan Bartholo from Cross Point Church back here. If he would just. So, Jonathan. Okay, well, I'm going to introduce Judy first. Judy Hammer in the back. She hasn't been here much this year, but so Judy's our Chi Alpha mom. She's our, um, technically our advisor on campus. So six years ago, okay, so Judy's been praying for a Chi Alpha here for years and years and years, 20-some years before we had a Chi Alpha. So we started Chi Alpha six years ago, and then Pastor Jonathan Bartholo and Pastor Mike Amiot and some other people got together and had this dream to have a Chi Alpha on the campus, and Six years ago, Jonathan started Chi Alpha here on the campus, and Mike was a part of that. Judy was a part of that. So it's really cool for me. I was just getting emotional during worship, first of all, because it's incredible, but second of all, just thinking about all the people here tonight who helped make this happen. So can we give all three of them just a round of applause and just a thanks? So cool. All right, so we're going to jump into part two of our Who We Are series tonight. And the whole idea of the sermon series is we want to take five weeks and define who we want to be as a ministry. Sometimes we just kind of do things without purpose, but I think it's important to say, this is what we want to be, and this is what we're going to do to get there. So there's five core values we have as ministry. So last week we talked about how we are followers first. So before anything else, we are followers of Jesus. So, so we talked about how the Word of God is our authority, that, or that nothing else can come between us and God. There's, culture can't define our truth. Uh, school can't define our truth, only the Word of God and Jesus. So, or so we talked about how, or how as a ministry, we're going to be followers first before anything else. So that was the first value. Now this week, we're going to talk about how we are in this together. So we're going to talk about community. God's called us to be a community of people who have deep relationships, a community of people who can look at each other and say, I fully know you. Like, I don't know the fake version of you. Like, I know you, and I still love you. That's what God calls us to be as a community. So we can throw up the we are in this together slide. I just want to read, uh, is it Friesen? Here, let me see. So I'm going to help her. I'm glad she's down here. I didn't put it in the, in the, there we go. So here's who we are. You guys didn't see that. And there's that. And now we're here. I'm so glad she was down here tonight. Okay. That was my fault. I didn't put it in the playlist or the, okay. So anyways, so this is what we're going to read. Okay. We are passionate about being an authentic community. So we understand that we are not perfect people and we don't pretend that we are. We're not a ministry where we're going to pretend we're perfect. We don't put on masks. Uh, We believe that we need friends who can encourage us and speak honestly into our lives. And we want to be a community where every person can truly be themselves, you know, come as you are, and then also be pushed to become the person that God created them to be. So that's our heart. My prayer is that when you come into this space, when you go into a Kyle a small group or go into a one-on-one with a Kyle a student, that you would feel like you're at home. Like for me, I'm somewhat of an introvert, so when I'm out in public, it kind of takes a lot of energy from me, okay? But then when I get home, I'm like, 
I'm home. I can just be myself, sit here in my shorts. And I want that to be the way it feels at Chi Alpha, okay? Like you come in and you're like, I'm at home. I can really be myself. I don't have to put on a facade for anyone, but, but I can be myself in this space. I want this to be your home away from home. That's my heart for Chi Alpha. So I'm eager to jump into this idea tonight, to jump into the idea of being a community of people who fully know each other and still fully love each other. So this last summer, Emily and I went to Mexico for one of her best friend's wedding. So it was a great excuse to go to Mexico on vacation. And so her friend is from Argentina, and then her friend's husband, well now husband, is from Mexico. So they had the wedding down in Mexico. And at first I was a little worried, you know, finances, getting down there, all that stuff, but I'm so glad I went. It was incredible. And, and the cool thing about this trip is we were just largely surrounded by people from Mexico and Argentina. So for me, I haven't been in a lot of different cultures, so it was interesting for me for a whole week, and even for a wedding. Like, they do weddings way weird there. They're crazy. Like, party hard. So, you know, I don't drink, and Emily doesn't drink, and they're just going so hard, and I'm feeling really uncomfortable, but it was fun being in the Spanish culture. But anyway, so, or so we're there, and, and Andrea, so Emily's best friend, has a few friends from America that came down because she, because she grew up here, although she was born in Argentina. So, or so naturally, we kind of gravitated towards those Americans. You know, we didn't know any of them before, but, but we gravitated towards them just because we spoke the same language, so that was a good start. And, uh, <laughs> but really, that was about the extent of our interests that were shared, okay? So, so these guys, there's two guys and then their wives, and the two guys like country music, trucks, like sledgehammers, stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, can I have a book and, and a nice little car that gets around? Um, so very different people, you know, they both had Christian backgrounds, but it, like it wasn't really a central thing in their life, and obviously it's a central thing for us, for pastors, it should be at least, uh, so, so, you know, Christianity is, you know, central to us, we don't drink alcohol, the whole time it's, uh, you know, it's an all-inclusive resort, so, you know, you can drink all you want, so, of course, people who drink are going to drink all they want, so, they're drinking a ton, we're not, that can be a little uncomfortable, but, but, uh, and also, you know, I'm an introvert, like I said. So I told Emily, I was like, for me, like, vacation for me is like, having a book and hanging out with you. That's about it. Like, I don't want to be hanging out with him. You know, that's kind of how I felt. But I also didn't want to be, be a Debbie Downer, okay? So I told myself I'm not going to say no if she asks to go hang out with these other people. Because she loves, I mean, I love people too, but she, like, loves being around people all the time. Uh, she's quite the extrovert. So I said, I'm not going to say no. So we just kept spending time with these couples. And at first, you know, it was just awkward small talk. You know, like, like, don't you hate that? At least I do. I hate small talk. Like, just awkward small talk. You're just trying to think of something to say. Uh, but as the week went on, we kept hanging out with them. And, and the small talk got deeper. And then on the third night we were there, they actually started asking us about our faith. And I'm like, that's when I turn on. I'm like, yeah. It's all about Jesus. So that got me excited and, you know, shared about Jesus. And, and they, you know, shared more about their lives. And and slowly we were developing, like, not slowly, it was only a week we were there, but quickly we were developing a really strong friendship with these people. And even to the point at the end, I was pretty emotional when they left because they live in Florida, or the one specific couple, you know, they live in Florida, and we wouldn't really see them much again, we thought, in the future. And, and God kind of taught me a lesson that week. Being an introvert, I like to or kind of protect myself from other people. Like, you know, I don't want to have awkward encounters. I don't want to, like, meet people and have that awkward, shake the hand, that whole awkward thing. You know what I'm talking about. But um, that's just the way like, I like to do things. I like to protect myself. But God really pushed, pushed on my heart and just spoke to me clearly. And he said, if you want to get to true intimacy with people, then you have to be willing to push past the awkwardness. Okay? You have to be willing to stick around long enough to get to the intimacy. It's not just going to happen like, in a, 
or snap of a finger. You have to have those awkward small talk conversations, and eventually you will get to that true intimacy on the other side. And it's something I desire so much now. So if people ask to hang out, I always try to say yes now because I know that if I spend enough time with people, it doesn't matter if we have shared interests, I'll or hopefully eventually love them like I did with these people. Like no shared interests, but eventually we grew to love each other because pretty much we're all we had in Mexico. You know, the only people speaking English. So, so God used that experience to really transform my perspective on community. So I've been itching to preach this sermon because I've preached about community in the past, but I don't know if I believed everything I said to be honest. Sometimes you preach the Bible and trust it, but I believe what I'm saying tonight, so let's go. All right. So I think as millennials, we struggle with intimacy, okay? We struggle to connect deeply to other humans, you know? Our world is one where we communicate through likes. That's the main way we communicate, if you think about it. Like, main way is through liking a status or liking a picture, like, through likes, through text, through the messenger app, and through, or some of us do email still. I don't know if everyone does, but but that's something that's kind of getting in the past. But, but that's the way we com- communicate as a people. And I think we long for something more, though. Like, at least for me, I'm a millennial. Like, I long for something more. And that week really showed me that I truly need something more than just having superficial friendships over Facebook, where you, or where you meet them once, you add them on Facebook, and then you're friends through Facebook, but you never really hang out after that. God calls us to true intimacy. God calls us to, to not just rely on our cell phones for all of our communication. God calls us to get in people's lives and, and to actually have intimacy with one another. God is calling us to, <clears throat> or to be that people here at Chi Alpha, to, to not just show up on Tuesday nights, just come here, tolerate each other for an hour, and then go home and then come back the next week. God calls us to truly have deep friendships, friendships where there's no judgment, like the kind of friendships that you've had since childhood where it's like you can do anything and they're still going to love you. Like, I love those friendships, like, where I can blow it completely and be, be an idiot, and they can see, like, or, like, everything about me, and they still love me, and they still forgive me. You know, that's why we love hanging out with family a lot of times. You can just be yourself in that environment. God calls us to be that people here at Chi Alpha, where we can be ourselves. I don't want you to fake it. Don't pretend that you got everything together. First of all, as a pastor, there's nothing I haven't heard before, so I'm not, or so you're, or so you're not going to surprise me if you be real with me, okay? It's not a surprise. But also, as a people, God calls us to or to actually do life together. So there's a verse, or two verses in 1 Thessalonians 2 that are kind of like the two verses for Chi Alpha in the region. Mike would know that. 1 Thessalonians 2, 7, and 8. We're going to look at these two verses tonight. And these two verses are kind of, kind of what we try to build our ministry, or build Chi Alpha, or Chi Alpha ministries around. So 1 Thessalonians was written. So, so if you want to turn there, go ahead. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, if you have your Bible or your phone. Uh, it's going to be verse 7 and 8. It's in the New Testament towards, towards the middle of the New Testament. Uh, so 1 Thessalonians was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Thessalonica. So Paul wrote, or Paul, or Paul wrote much of the New Testament, and he's considered to be the greatest missionary that the world has ever known. And before Paul wrote this letter, Paul had actually already lived with these people, and he'd helped them start their church. He had done life with them at one point. But since Paul left Thessalonica, the Thessalonians began to question his sincerity and his authority as a preacher of the gospel. So sometimes when we're not around people, we can start to assume stupid things about them. That's what happened in this situation. Paul had left Thessalonica, and he hadn't been around for a while because he couldn't get back there. You know, he had other things going on. And then the church, you know, started to question him and say, he hasn't even come to see us lately. Does Paul really love us? Does Paul really care about us? And people from the outside of the church were trying to put those thoughts in their heads as well. So in 1 Thessalonians 2, Paul is trying to defend his ministry. He's trying to defend his sincerity. He's trying to show them, I really love you. 
God sent me to you for a purpose. I'm not just some fake guy trying to get your money. Like, I really love you. And that's what Paul's trying to say in verses 2 through 6. And then in verse 7, we really get to the kicker of his argument. It's like, like he slams it down right there. He says, this is how you know I'm sincere. So let's read it. Paul is trying to show the Thessalonians that he is sincere and that he was truly sent by God. So it says this, but, or, but we were gentle, uh, or gentle um, among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, be ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. Because you had become very dear to us. So Paul says, you know that I'm the real deal. You know that I love you because of the way that I cared for you, the way that I shared the gospel with you, and the kicker, the way that I shared my life with you. I didn't just share the gospel with you. I didn't just come up here and shove the word of God down your throat and preach at you, but I shared my life with you. Paul says, you know I'm sincere because we shared our life with you. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for this word. We pray tonight that you would just speak and that this would be a, just an encounter with you tonight. God, I pray for every heart in this room. I pray that, that every heart would be set free from the things that are holding them back. And God, I pray that you would call us in to community tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the main idea tonight is this. <clears throat> to grow closer to Jesus together, so to do what we're talking about, we must be a gentle, authentic community that shares both the gospel in our lives with each other. So that's the big idea. If you're going to write anything down, I hope you're writing stuff down. Like, it makes me feel good when you write something down. That's the only reason. I'm kidding. It's good to write stuff down. So anyways, write this down. To grow closer to Jesus together, we must be a gentle, authentic community that shares both the gospel and our lives with one another. So I want to break this down into three ideas. Okay, so the first one is this. The first point tonight is this. If you're taking notes again, you can write this one down too. We gently care for one another. God calls us to gently care for one another as a group. So in verse 7, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So Paul says we were gentle among you. We were like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. If you read Paul's letters, he's kind of a masculine guy. He's a tough dude. For him to say, I cared for you like a nursing mother, it's a little awkward. Okay, so that's how much he wanted to show them, I really cared about you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So God has called us to be a community of people who care for each other. God's called us to be a group of people who have each other's back, to be a group of people who don't hold our wrongs against each other, who don't hold offenses against each other. God's called us to have an in-this-together mentality. He's called us to be in this together. And I love how Paul describes his relationship to the Thessalonians. He says we were gentle, and then he says we're like a nursing mother caring for her children. Just get that picture in your head. So I'm going to help you get that picture in your head. All right, let's go. So my brother and my sister-in-law have a one-year-old child named Charleston. She's a sweet little girl. She cries a lot, and I love her. In Jesus' name, if you're listening to this. All right. So we actually, you know, celebrated her first birthday last Sunday. And my sister-in-law, Paige, is the ultimate mama bear. If I've ever met a mama bear, it's Paige. And anyone in my family knows that. There's nothing that's going to come between her and her baby girl, Charlie. No one is going to get to Charlie except through Paige. They spend so much time together. They're always together, you know, posting pictures on Facebook. Look at my baby. She's so cute. Post. Look at my baby. She's awesome. Post it again. They're always spending time together, and Paige is always there to gently care for Charlie and to show her the ropes of life. And I know that as much as it's in Paige's power, Charlie's going to succeed in life. If Paige has anything to say about it, she's going to do everything she can to make sure that Charlie can be all that God has called her to be. 
So God wants us to have a spirit-like page for each other. God wants us to care for each other, like Paige cares for Charlie, to, to protect each other, and to guide one another in the things of God. We need each other if we're going to become all that God has called us to be. We need people who can step in and people who can gently care for us when we're down. We need people who can celebrate with us when we have a victory. Not people who are going to get jealous, but people who celebrate with us when we have a victory. We need people who will be there no matter what happens, no matter or no matter how bad of a side you show of yourself, people who will still be there after that. We need people who will be there to point us to Jesus and people who we can always count on. We need this. We were made to have this type of community. So this is precisely why God has given us each other. So look around. Do it. Don't just, I'm not just saying it. Look around. Look at these people. God has given you each other. God has given us each other. Because God wants us to be like a nursing mother caring for one another, to be like pages to Charlie, to watch out for each other, to, to guide each other, and to point each other to Jesus daily. So later in 1 Thessalonians, Paul says this, verse, or chapter 5, says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. So God calls us to encourage each other, to build each other up, and I think one of the greatest ways to do this is to just be there and to gently care for each other. So I'm going to share quick illustration, and I forgot that Jonathan was coming when I wrote this, so it's a little awkward now, but I'm going to share it anyways. So I said, how many of you know Pastor Jonathan from, from Crosswind? That's what I said in my notes. So there he is. We know who Jonathan is now, so I don't need to say that. So Jonathan, as I said, or started Chi Alpha here, and for me, when I came in as a freshman, Jonathan was my pastor for those two years, and now he's my pastor again as I'm going to his church in Waverly. But Jonathan is to me as Paul was to the Thessalonians or as pages, to Charlie. We all need a Paul in our lives. We all need a Jonathan in our lives. We all need a Paige in our lives, people who can care for us. I can't tell you how many times I've, I went through something in ministry or just in life, and I talked to Jonathan. I, or, so maybe I've told other people, and I'm doing fine, but then I talk to Jonathan, and I bawl like a baby. I don't know why, but that dude, didn't, like, never tell him your struggles, because he'll make you cry. Whenever I'm struggling with something, I can call Jonathan and, and have a good cry with him, and I can trust him that he'll gently care for me and point me to Jesus. We all need someone like this in our lives. We need someone that we can be like this too as well. We need to be a Jonathan or a Paul to someone in our lives. We need to care for someone else too. It's not just getting cared for, but also caring for others. So I firmly believe we need a Paul, and we need a Thessalonian church. We need a Paige, and we need a Charlie. We need a Jonathan and we need a Daniel in that situation. So we all need someone like this who can build us up, and we need to build other people up. So who is supposed to be the Paul in your life? Think of it right now. There's someone who's a spiritual leader. Maybe it's your small group leader. Maybe it's me. That'd be kind of cool. I'll be Paul to you. You know, maybe someone in your life that, that God is calling you to reach out to and, 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 to, and to let them mentor you and guide you. If you haven't jumped into small group yet, do that. Connect with the small group leader. They're there for you. They're excited about it. And also, who is God calling you to be a Paul to? Who is God calling you to take under your wing and to care for? So how do we create this community? How do we gently care for each other? I think there's two things, and these aren't super groundbreaking, so you can throw it up on the screen. The first thing is this. We meet one-on-one -on -one with each other. Okay, so in our culture, one-on-one -on -one meetings seem really scary. I remember when I did my first one-on-one -on -one in Chi Alpha. It's like, this is weird. Just two dudes that barely know each other hanging out. It's creepy. 
But we need these. We need to find people in our group who we can meet with in one-on-one settings and talk about where we're at in our faith and where we're at just in our journey, you know, what struggles we have. We can talk about just how our Bible reading and our prayer is going. We need people, people who will meet one-on-one with us. So that may be a small group leader, like I said, or, or, or maybe someone else. And the second thing we need to do is this. We need to meet in small groups. So I think one-on-one small groups is where we gently care for each other. So in small groups, we need to jump in small groups. I, and conveniently, we have nine of them on campus. So if you can't find one that works for your time, I'll do small group with you. Just me and you. We'll find a couple of others. But jump in. I'm kidding. I'm not doing that. Jump in a small group. <laughs> I don't want to make promises and then be like, ah, I was kidding. Uh, so there's, five, there's four girls small groups, five guys. Or no, the other way around. Five girls, four guys. So, or so we need a group of five to ten people who we can come together with and just be completely honest with them, just share where we're at, share our struggles, uh, share where we're at with Jesus, you know, share life with. We need that group. I truly believe that. So that's how we gently care for each other. So, but this isn't all that Paul's telling us to do. He doesn't just tell us to gently care for each other. He says something else. In verse 8 of 1 Thessalonians 2, he says that they're ready to share the gospel of God with them. So the second point is this. We pursue God's truth together. We share the gospel of God with each other. So much like the other church, God calls us to be a community that shares the gospel with each other, a community who, who pursues truth together, who, or a community who seeks to grow both in our knowledge of God and also our application of what God is calling us to do in living out holy lifestyles. We need to pursue truth together. We need to read this book together. We need to get in the scriptures together and devour them and, and ask God, what do you have for me? God, how can I grow in truth? We need to do that as a community. If we want to be the community that God is calling us to be, then we need to be committed to pursuing truth. We need to ground ourselves on the word of God because nothing else is going to stand. God calls us to ground ourselves on his word, not just on hanging out together, although that's great. I'm, I'm really advocating that tonight, but also grounding ourselves on pursuing truth together. So I like what Hebrews 10 says in verse 24. It says this, and let us consider how to stir, or stir up one another to love and good works and not neglecting to meet together. So not neglecting to meet together. So you're all here tonight. But those of you who are listening online, don't neglect to meet together. Come to Tuesday night gatherings. In Jesus' name. As is the habit of some, but encouraging, encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. <clears throat> so let us consider how we can stir each other up in love and good works. Let's not neglect to meet together. Let's be there for each other. Let's encourage each other. Let's be a people who spur each other onward in our relationships with Jesus, the people who pursue the truth of God together. So last year, this is a story I love to tell. So Josh and Jacob Hans, they're back there, the two buff brothers, just awesome guys. Two small group leaders this year. I love those guys. So last year, Jacob and Josh gave their lives to the Lord in the, during the fall semester. And in the spring, you know, they're seeking to grow past some things that were just kind of holding them back. And me and Josh and Jacob made the commitment that, that each week we'd meet together and that I would hold them accountable in reading the Bible. So one of my core convictions is if you are struggling in your faith, it's probably because you're not reading the Bible. It's probably part of it. So I told Josh and Jake, I said, read one chapter a day, and I held them accountable. And I said, or every week on the Messenger app, I'd send them on Monday, Acts 1, on Tuesday, Acts 2, so on and so forth. And I would just hold them accountable each week to read that. And it was crazy, as I really didn't say a whole lot to them. But the Word of God transformed them that semester. And those struggles that they were struggling with kind of just went away during that semester. So I want to be that group of people who come together and, and, and hold each other accountable 
and pursuing the truth of God together. Are people who say, hey, how's your Bible reading going this week? Are people who read the book together, who read the Bible together. Guys, I want on Tuesday nights, and I'm not dissing you, but on Tuesday nights, I want you to take notes and be like, I need to pursue the truth of God. Like, I need to have everything that he's saying, because, you know, I've been praying or studying, hearing from the Lord, and to have that spirit where I want to take notes and, and know what God has for me. To, or, like, I want to take everything I can, even if it's a crappy preacher. So even if I stink, you can still take notes. Maybe God will have something within the, the crummy message, okay? So tonight, I hope there's something you can take. So, so let's look at a couple ways we can pursue God's truth together. So the first thing, and I kind of alluded to this, but, but pray and study the Bible together in one-on-one, small group, and large group settings. So I think we need all three aspects. The, the one-on-one part of just being with someone, just you and them, just having coffee with your Bibles out and studying the Word together. Then also in small group settings where you come on, or come on Wednesday or Thursday night and you talk about the message and you talk about what God has for your small group and you pursue the truth together. And then also in large group settings, and I already talked about that. And the second thing is this. We need to hold each other accountable to actually reading the Bible and praying on our own time. So, guys, I think accountability is a great thing to have, to have someone who can say, hey, how's your Bible reading going this week? You know, and you can be honest with them. There's no judgment here. There's no perfect people. You can say, I haven't read it at all this week. That person can encourage you and say, well, I've read a couple days, and, you know, God spoke this to me, and, and just encourage you to jump back in your Bible reading and prayer. We need people who can hold us accountable in this, because none of us are perfect. We're all going to fall short. We're all going to have a week where I don't want to read the Bible. That's going to happen to each of us. But we need other people who are feeling good at the time that can pick us up and say, hey, man, come along with me. All right, so the third point tonight is this. So the third point from the big idea is this. We share, or we share life together. We share authentic life together. So authentic, we share real life together. Not just faking it, but, but actual real life with one another. That's what Paul is calling us to do. So in verse 8, at the back half of verse 8, he says, you know, first he says we shared not only the gospel of God, but he says we also shared our own selves with you. So we need to share ourselves with each other. This is where Paul lands his defense of his sincerity towards the Thessalonian believers. And this is where we're going to land at tonight. This is what I want you guys to really get, that, that Paul says, when it comes down to it, that you know that I was sincere and that I loved you because I shared my life with you. Who are you sharing your life with? That's what Paul wants to, or That's what Paul is asking us tonight. That's what God is asking us tonight. Who are you sharing your life with? Who is very dear to you in this room? Is there someone who's very dear to you? I pray there'd be a lot of people in this room. God calls us to, to be very dear to each other. So you may say, you know, I don't have a lot of similar interests as the people in this room. You know, maybe you're not marching bands or you're like in the minority, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I was never in marching band, but for some reason, marching band like Chi Alpha, so I'll take it in Jesus' name. You know, maybe you don't have similar interests as other people in Chi Alpha. Maybe, so this, was a, so this is what I want to say to you, and this is profound. I don't care, okay? I don't care if you don't have similar interests. Because I learned that week in Mexico that it doesn't matter. Like, these guys like trucks and sledgehammers and country music, and I like soft rock and books and listen to my iPod. Not iPod, iPhone. But for some reason, we were able to bond that week. It wasn't about similar interests. Like, it wasn't about going to, to, to do something together, but it's about actually just sharing life together. So if you don't have similar interests as people in this room, get over it and know that the bond of Christ can hold you together with people who you never thought you'd be friends with. So like, so most of my best friends, I don't have a ton of interest with other than the fact that they love Jesus. 
So God calls us to not worry about if we have the same interests. We can play Madden together or go and play tennis together. No, God calls us to, to be bonded together because of the word of God and because of Jesus. So there are people in this room who you can connect with. I know you can connect with people in this room. I know it. So, so don't give me that excuse. <laughs> I say that in a nice way. <laughs> there are people in this room who God is calling you to go deeper with. Plain and simple. There's people in this room that God is calling you to go deeper with. So I like what John 13 says, verse 34 and 35. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, and you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So the outside world is going to know that we are true followers of Jesus by our love for each other. That's convicting. How well are you loving the body of Christ? How, how well are you loving fellow disciples? God calls us to love one another, and that can be a testimony to the outside world about what God is doing. I pray that when people walk into this space, when people see Kyle, the students interacting, that they would say, wow, they really love each other. Wow, it's almost weird how much they love each other. Like, guys hugging all the time, so weird. No, I'm kidding. I pray that people would want in because of how much we love each other. So I love what took place this last weekend in our community. So this was cool. I didn't plan any of it, but two things happened that just made me really happy. The first thing was this. On Friday night, I got a text from my little brother who plays bass. He's a small group leader, and he said, hey, we're going to play basketball tomorrow in the WRC. Do you want to come? And so I went, and there was like six to eight Kyle guys there playing basketball together. That was so cool because a lot of times I plan the events, and I show up. I'm like, please, someone come. Please. But this time, someone else planned to hang out, and it was incredible. And then on Saturday night, Tommy and Emily J, I believe, yeah, you too, Playing to hang out in Shoal Hall. I think you played games, ate chips, ate brownies. And people came and, hang out to, people came and hung out together. That's what God's calling us into. God's calling us to take the next step. I just feel like God's calling us to, get, to be a people who hang out with one another, people who love each other, people who want to spend time together, not just people who come on Tuesdays or even just come on small groups, but, but people who want to hang out with one another, people who want to share life together. I think God is calling us into that. It's the next step in our journey. I just believe that. As a ministry, that's the next step. And it started last Saturday before I preached this message. Thank you, Tommy, Emily, Derek. You guys are awesome. And anyone else who was a part of that. So seriously, let's just give them a round of applause. Like seriously, that's what it's about. I'm, I, guys, I just want to do life together. I just want to enjoy each other. That's what God is calling us to be as a group. So let's get specific. How... So how do we do this? How do we share life together? And you can maybe guess some of this stuff. The first thing is we spend time with each other in one-on-ones, in small groups, in large group, and hangouts. I've been saying that all night, but I'll say it again. Spend time with each other. That's how you share life with people. The second thing, and now we're going to get deep, so get ready. Ready? We're going. The second thing is this. We share our struggles and our sins with one another. We share our struggles and our sins with one another. We need to be committed to being vulnerable and to being real and to, and to, to leaving our mask at the door and, and to, to being our true selves with each other and being willing to confess our sins because there's a couple reasons. One, sin grows best in the dark, okay? So if you're keeping your sin hidden from everyone and from God, it's going to grow. It's going to entangle your life. Until you bring sin out into the light, it will not be destroyed and, and it will continue to entangle your life. So please bring your sin to the light so you can find freedom. That's the first thing. The second thing is when you confess your sins, you show other people that, hey, they're not alone. 
Be the bold person who's willing to share your struggles because then someone else might have the courage to share their struggles. And that doesn't need to happen here. Like, you don't need to come up right now or on the mic here and be like, all right, I'm going to tell everyone. That's not what I'm asking you to do. But I am asking you in small groups and one-on-one settings to be willing to share your struggles with other people. Don't, don't put on a show. Nobody wants you to put on a show. So James 5.16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for, pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So James says, when you confess your sins to each other, you'll be healed. That's what I want. I want to find freedom, find healing. That's how I found freedom and healing. I'll just, you know, when I was a college student here, you know, I struggled with pornography, and I began to share it in my small group, and that's where I found freedom because guys were praying for me. I'm telling you, if you confess your sins, you'll find freedom. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God says, if you confess your sins, he will be faithful to forgive you. You don't have to worry about the way God's going to respond. If you confess, he will forgive you. So the third thing is this, we pray with each other. So we need to be committed to praying with one another. I pray that every small group, every one-on-one, every large group, every, like even every hangout, that might be a little weird, but, but everything we do would end with prayer because, because prayer, prayer moves heaven. Prayer is not just something we do because God tells us to do it. Prayer actually changes things. Prayer, or it says in you know, James 5, 16, we just read it. It says that, it says confess your sins and pray for each other, pray for each other that you may be healed because the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So prayer has power. So let's pray with each other. The worship team would come up. We're going to close here in a few, few moments. If I could get someone to dim those lights, just click the bottom button right there. Sweet. Judy, killing it. You got it. So the main idea, like you already wrote it down earlier, but here it is. To grow closer to Jesus together, we must be a gentle, authentic community that shares both the gospel and our lives with one another. I know we're all at different places in our journey tonight. Like, I'm no fool. Like, I know we all don't have it together. Like, actually, none of us have everything together. But we're all at different places in our journey. You know, some of you, you're a committed Christian. You maybe followed Jesus for quite some time. And, but there's others who are brand new to the faith. Like, maybe you just gave your heart to Jesus recently. Or maybe you've never, ever believed in Jesus, never had a relationship with God. And this is really strange to you. This whole thing is just weird. And tonight we're talking about growing in relationship with each other, but I think I would be remiss to not talk about how to have a relationship with God. Because all of this, all the relationship we have together where we fully know and fully love each other is just a reflection of God's relationship with us. Where God looks at us and says, I fully know you. I know everything about you. I know every single sin you've ever committed. I know every single thought you've ever thought. That's scary. But I still love you. This is a reflection of what's going on in heaven with us, or the relationship. So our relationship horizontally is a reflection of the relationship vertically. So if you are not right with Jesus, and I, I just beg you, get right with God. Like I said earlier, the reason you felt, the freedom you felt is because the presence of the Lord is in this place right now. That's how you find freedom, is, is by putting your faith in Jesus. So you know, we all have screwed up. We're all sinful. We've all blown it at times. In the very beginning, the first, the first man and woman blew it. You know, they blew it. They sinned against God, and, and, and God is holy, and he's just, and, and the wage of sin is death. So 
Like any sin that you commit, technically the penalty is death. Like, like just like here on earth, if you go shoot someone, then, then you should either go to prison for life or like, like whether or not, or so wherever you sin on the death penalty, maybe get killed. I don't know. I'm not having a political discussion. I'm not, I don't know if I'm for it or against it, to be honest. But anyways, so that's the penalty. I'm thinking about the debate last night. No, I'm kidding. All right, so let's move on. So that's the penalty. So, so just, as, or just as murdering someone has a big penalty on earth, or committing sin against God has a big penalty. And that, so that penalty is death. That penalty is separation from God. But the beautiful thing about the God of the Bible is he doesn't leave you in your sin. So we see all throughout the Old Testament, they try to follow these rules, they try to follow these laws, and they just fail miserably over and over again. And then right in the middle of history, Jesus... God's son, one member of the Trinity, comes down and is born as a baby, and he lives a perfect life, and he never sins, you know, tempted just like we are, but never sins. And then Jesus is put up on a cross, he's crucified, he, Jesus bears the wrath of God, Jesus bears our punishment so that each of us can be made right with God. So Jesus goes and pays our penalty. So our penalty is death, but Jesus paid that for us on the cross. And then what's even cooler than that is Jesus like, he isn't just put in, a, or put in the ground and dead. He just rises from the dead three days later. And people are like, what is going on? This man just rose from the dead. I just saw him killed three days ago, but now he's actually risen from the dead. So Jesus defeats death, and now all of us can have right relationship with God. If we only put our trust in Jesus and say, I accept that sacrifice. That's the best news I've ever heard. If you don't have a relationship with God, I beg you, get right with him tonight. All you have to do is confess your sins to him and trust him. And he'll forgive you. And the beautiful thing is we don't have to figure this out on our own. It's not like we're on this journey by ourselves. We have each other. We have each other who can help us grow in our relationship with God, who can help us figure this thing out, can help us understand the Bible. Some things are difficult, but, but as a group, we can come together and help us as Come together and help each other as we grow in our relationship with God. So that's what we're calling you to do tonight, to jump into to community, to, to commit to being with one another, to not just hiding out in your dorm room and doing homework every night, but being in relationship with other people that can push you onwards towards God. So for some of you, this whole idea of community, this whole idea of sharing your struggles, you know, if you're like me, kind of like an introvert, you're like, this, this really freaks me out. This is really weird. Like, I don't want to hug people. I don't want to do that. And I get your hesitations. I really do, being the person that I am. But the more that I live this life, the more that I read God's word, and the more that I grow closer to Jesus, the more I realize that I need other people. I realize that in Mexico. I need other people. I need intimacy with other people. And God is calling us in that. God's calling us into that tonight. So I don't want our relationships to just be, be liking stuff on Facebook or Instagram. I want to actually do life together to be a people who can encourage each other, who can speak into each other's lives, who can hold us accountable. This is the best life, to, to run the race of life and to have people running alongside with you. There's nothing better than that. So if you guys would just stand with me, we're about to close. God is calling us to be this community that cares for each other, to, to be a community that pursues truth together. Be a community that doesn't find our truth from the world or from culture, but, but we find it from the word of God and we devour the scriptures in one-on-one -on -one settings and small groups and large groups who are passionate about truth. And then finally, a people who shares, shares life together. We don't fake it. We don't put on a show, but, but we share life 
together. This is very beautiful. This is, this is something I'm attracted to. I don't know about you, but I want to jump into this thing. Come on. Let's go. Let's jump into this thing. Let's, let's be a community of people. Let's be a community who cares for each other, who, who pursues God's truth, and, and a people who shares life. Let's be in this together, okay? Let's do that. So let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're in this room tonight, so no one's looking around, but I talked about, you know, how Jesus came to earth and he died for your sins, and maybe tonight you want to get right with God. And maybe you followed him in the past, but you've walked away. Or maybe you've never believed in Jesus. And tonight you want to put your faith in God. I want you to do something. This takes a lot of courage, but I want you to do this and just, just raise your hand to heaven. Like no one else is looking around. Just raise your hand right now. I see that hand. Who else? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. There's lots of hands going up. I see that hand. Who else wants to put their faith in Jesus? I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Okay, you can put your hands down. So the second group of people I want to talk to is this. Or if you're in this room and you just, like you, like you realize that, that you're not necessarily doing community the right way, you realize that, wow, God is calling you into something deeper, and tonight you just want to make a commitment to, to jump into community, to be the group that God is calling us to be. If you would just raise your hands to heaven as well and just make a commitment. Okay, tons of hands going up. Just making a commitment as a group that, that we're going to jump into community together. God, see our hands. God, see our commitment to, to jump into this thing. All right, you can just put your hands on. So I want to pray for the first group of people. I want to pray just a simple prayer of salvation, a simple prayer, prayer of repentance to God. And as I'm praying that, just pray it in your heart. And then I'm also going to pray for us that, that God would pull us into this community that he's calling us to. So Jesus, we love you so much. God, we thank you that, that you sent your only son to come and die on the cross for our sins. And, and it wasn't just that, but, but three days later, he rose from the dead, defeating death, sin, hell, and the grave. God, we thank you for that truth. And tonight, some of us want to put our faith in you for the first time or, or maybe recommit ourselves to you. God, we trust you. We just say, forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for where we messed up. God, make us a new person. Give us a fresh start. And we thank you that, that you're faithful and you're just to forgive us. God, we love you. God, I also want to pray for us as a group that, that we would jump into community together, that we would truly be a group who is in this together, a community that has each other's back. God, help us to do that, a community that can look at each other and say, I fully know you and I still love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to just worship God a little bit more. We have a few minutes, so let's worship God a little bit more and just, just, just enter into his presence. Thank you.